You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, fellow bride chillers and groom chillers. Alicia here. I am the host and founder of Bride Chiller. And today I am delighted to be speaking with the lovely Alita Collins, who is coming on the show to talk all about the mechanics behind creating your wedding mood board. I think that Pinterest and all this sort of other Instagram now is huge. All these other devices can sometimes overwhelm couples, particularly in the early stages of wedding planning when you've got all the ideas coming at you. So it's so great to have you on the show, Alita, and uh, welcome you to the Bride Chiller podcast. And I'm really excited to learn about what you do and how we can help bride chillers and groom chillers get control of all the inspiration, gather it together so they don't just melt with all of the different photographs and images and videos and all the extra stuff that we can collect along the way. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. This is oh. this is this is going to be a lot of fun. I know it. Now, your business is called Flourishing Art. I love it. You deal a lot in the world of flowers, floristry, and design. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this business, and and I, I love all the creative stuff. I mean, I, I've I've been reading your bio, and I I connected a lot with what you've done um, in your your career. So, tell us about that. So I started for a summer job when I was 12, wanted some spending cash in my pocket uh-huh. uh, and owned a flower shop and started working in a flower shop. She started putting me in competitions, oh. um, national, yeah, state and national competitions. And I just wanted more. I did started doing really large events, um, the floral, the design, and moved from Santa Barbara to Los Angeles and was doing more, so much more in the floral, um, and then doing set design and Screen Actors Guild and did wonderful, amazing things and just grew in this industry because it's it encompasses everything. Mm. Um, from there, married the most wonderful Englishman on earth. Um, oh, and congratulations. Thank you. And we moved um, back to the city, my hometown. And I had all these clients that were coming to me saying, I want this. I'd like I'd light up dance floor. I want this type of shant. And and I couldn't get anybody to do what I wanted them to do in town. So I started outsourcing it and doing it myself. Mm. And so it's just evolved into this amazing floral event design production um, all encompassing company and I'm blessed and thankful that my clients love me and they reciprocate and it's just it's just great. I love hearing that you've done work for you know big corporate events and film and television. I think that's so it must be like as a creative person, it must be great to be able to sort of put your fingers in all those pies have I'm sure very diverse budgets and opportunities to work in really different venues and and be able to really explore all of those sort of creative passions and then also as you said to come back and come sort of full circle, but then also be able to go, hey, I can I can get make this happen. No one else is doing this. I can make it happen myself. I, I really love meeting people that kick ass like that, and also sort of make makes people's. And I don't want to sound tooly, but when you've got inspiration and people go, oh, I can't do that. It's really disappointing. But they meet someone like you, and they go, yes, let's make that happen. I'll create it. I'll design it. I'll build it. It's good. Yes, exactly. 
exactly. Don't tell me no. No's not a no is not an option. <laughs> yes. No is an option when there's no budget. If we have oh, budget, yeah. everything is achievable. <laughs> I, I, and that that excites me. I love talking to uh, you know. Sometimes I think it's good to have Lux event event designers and and people on the show just to say, okay, this is what you can do with a big budget, but here's how you tone it down, and we can still make it work. But you also need to tone down the expectations of you know, if you want a fifty thousand dollar flower wall, we're probably going to have to go for fake flowers because you haven't got fifty grand to do it. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's going to come up close and touch, and it's going to look great in photographs afterwards. Exactly. So you're just fine. It's going to last, <laughs> and then you can return yes. it, or you can sell it, and do all this sort of stuff. Now, we're talking about mood board to, mood boards today, and I really am interested with this topic because I've been doing this show for five years now, and even the, since I first started, like my third or fourth episode was all about Pinterest and not becoming overwhelmed by the world of Pinterest. And I've sort of delved back into that topic a little bit over the years, but not for a while. And I think, especially coming from a designer's point of view, when people come to you with all of this stuff, I'm sure they come with a lot of inspiration. You're like, I've got to now put this together into a thing. I've got to make it become an event and make it all work. Where do you start with clients and how can we help bride chillers and groom chillers that especially at the start of this this planning not become overwhelmed with details but also really hone in and create something that they can take to their vendors and actually get decent quotes and not feel like they're going to get ripped off because they're asking for the wrong stuff not that people are ripping people off but you know they're asking for the right, wrong thing right. so where do we begin it's a big one okay it's a big one. So, I mean, I could go with this in all different different aspects. But one of the most important things is, you know, I have my clients that come through the door and they have this this Pinterest board and they've got all of these things. And, and you know, I want to see what they like, what they love, what their inspiration is. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the dislikes just as much as the likes. Oh, good. So dislikes, dislikes tell me. At that point, so they're showing me one direction and then tell me what you absolutely hate. Because if I'm going to take that, you know, million dollar wedding and bring it down to a $150,000 budget, Mm. I need to know what you don't like as well. So I'm not going to, you know, submit something completely off base. Right. So looking at a mood board is fantastic but honestly let's be real not everybody has that a lot of the things on pinterest they're all photo they're they're you know photo shoots it's not sure. always an actual event and that's when it becomes monetarily is it something that you can afford number two if you can't afford it what can we do Mm. that will make the client happy and be in their budget and number three is it logistically possible so you know having this beautiful wedding and this beautiful open field and this amazing band but a lot of people don't realize okay this is a great venue but at that point I've got to bring in power distribution I've got to bring in generators I've got to bring in staging do I have to bring in subfloor pictures don't show the mechanics behind everything so mm-hmm. it's it's a I like the vision board but I I really need to know what they don't like as well so I can marry something in between in the middle to get logistics, execution, and budget and all be on the same page. Okay, so does what that, we t- yeah, it makes that help? total sense. And let's go back to two things here. Um, 
Let's talk about what when you say what we don't like. If I am in my imaginary, well, I've got a real husband; he's not imaginary. Um, but if we came to you and said we've got an event, uh, he's all our ideas. What are the sort of things that you would poke and poke and prod and ask about what we don't like? What sort of things would it be? Colors, textures, I don't know. People, yes. what is it? Exactly. It's colors, textures, um, it's the band, it doesn't matter. So um, if somebody brought to me and said, I want this centerpiece, and I said, well, that centerpiece is going to be a $650 centerpiece. Whoa, okay. Oh, we can't afford that. Okay, so are you more interested in the color? Mm-hmm. Are you more interested in the harmony? Are you more interested in the design? Is it more organic? Is it more structured? What is it that you love? If this is what you love, do you hate this idea? Ah. So you know, do you hate moving to this direction? So right now, the trend here in California, everything's organic, it's beautiful and wonderful and the flow and the magic. And they all come to me with these burgundy peonies. Peonies are not available Mm. from, let's just say June to end of September 1st of October for us here in California. Right. And if we do get them, they're very small. So do you really want that peony? Or at this point, can I go towards a garden rose? Is Can I start cutting and give you the same look that you're looking for, but use these, you know, flowers in lieu of, you know, that specific item. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times the clients come to me, they have no clue what the flowers are. Mm. So if I can come up with a vision of something that they, they love, which is not uh, on the hate line, you know, not over there. I, I, I hate this, but these roses will give you that same look. I know you hate roses, but these are garden roses. They open, they have fragrance, they have multiple petals, the florets, they're just absolutely gorgeous. Is that going to be a problem? So it, it's that balance. It's a balance and also a professional knowing what's in season, what they can actually get their hands on and learning the couple's wants and wishes. And if they're, you know, definitely set on one specific thing. And Alita, you made a really good point about Pinterest and people bringing images to you. And you said that a lot of them, the images that we see are shoots. Can you just, I, I've talked a little bit about this on the show before, but can you just give me a little bit of a rundown about what this means, about styled shoots and how potentially they are quite unrealistic? Okay, so styled shoots are great, but logistically they're not, mm. they're not real. Um, style shoots, you cannot have... I mean, we just got done doing one and I've got beautiful sheep in the background. I've got the cattle dog herding the sheep in the middle of the vineyard with the bride um, dress. You know, we're on dirt. The groom is is dressed fantastically. And here's a rooster and all these wild animals. And you want that organic feel in the middle of the vineyard. Okay, your guests are going to be walking in dirt. Do you not? We've photoshopped out the power cord so you can't see the cable. And mm. you don't know what the distribution is. Catering, you're not going to get hot food out in those locations. You can't, There's just so many things to put together for logistics to make an event happen in the middle of a vineyard when there's no kitchen, no scullery, no power, nothing. It can be done. It can always be done, mm. but the budget needs to be there. So there's, it's just not feasible. And what I try to tell my clients is let's just make it real. Let me explain this to you why this cannot happen at your budget, yep. but let's try it this direction. Another location that does have a scullery on site that does have power on site. And let's try and, and move that move, move it and still give you the look you're looking for, but make it real. 
Yeah, and I think that also comes from the idea that, you know, we it's great to dream big, isn't it? It's great to go, I this is my vision, this is what I've always wanted, which obviously, you know, <laughs> and I laugh at it because I think, oh, it's it's a party and it's fabulous and I, I think people people don't have a, I mean, it's hard. When you first start planning, we talk about sticker shock and people have no idea what stuff costs and why would you? Because in your everyday life, you're not planning parties. Right. Like this is not the reality is it it's hard and right right and what we do with our clients whether it be a commercial client a a small party client a, a, a wedding whatever it may be I want them to tell me their overall vision everything they could possibly dream of then we put it in paper form presentation and then I go over it with them and then I go okay so this is how we're going to play this we want a little bit of that we're not going to do this Mm -hmm. so we can have a that touch and those linens and not have a seamless dance floor. We'll go with the pergo floor and we'll go with amber up lighting. So you won't really tell the difference. And we're not going to do this band, but this band's a few thousand dollars less, but they do a same amazing job, but you're still getting a piano on the stage as a focal and let's put it all together. And so it goes in your budget. Yeah. So I always tell them go for the gusto and let's, it's my job to reel it in with your budget, with things that can be executed and logistically correct to have hot food, a great meal, a good time, beautiful flowers and your guests to enjoy themselves immensely. How many couples do you think over the years, and this is just can be a, you know, just a general, we're not talking about current couples that you're working with, but the idea that people really underestimate their budget and then when you start to put it all together, how many couples actually go, oh, shit, we're going to have to put up our budget by 20, 30, 40% or how do you work with the realistic, the reality of it? How do you get them to see how much all this stuff is actually going to cost? I honestly put it together in paper. I mean, I've got with they if they want to see it in an email, you know, this price, this price is no, you need to have a full estimate Mm -hmm. with vendors, with lighting, with sound, with everything that you're looking at. It is a full presentation. I get all bids. I don't do it until after I'm confirmed as you know, their actual coordinator, but then I pull every bid I could ever possibly need, put it all together and put them in, put it in front of them yep. and say what's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. So like for bands, if you want a great party band, this is what you want. Okay. So a party band can go from 25,000, you know, even more down to a great one for 9,000. Right. So, you, you know, you have to look at it and be real with your budget. And if, you want a great party and you want a party band and you can't afford any of that. Then we go to the DJ that gives you a great, you know, that we're going to look at somebody that's actually, you know, interact with, with your guests that are going to have fun and, you know, that are professional. So it's very hard. So I try, try to always get a decent budget in mind for our clients, Yep. but hands down, they always go over. Yeah. Period. Because they're going to go, oh, wow, I didn't expect all of this because it all adds up. You want a personalized napkin. You want, you you know, you want your initials on the napkin, the place cards. You don't want you want place cards and escort cards to get you to place card with printed menu. You don't like that card stock. You want this card stock. I mean, it's it's every little thing adds up. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's kind of our job to design it and make sure the harmony, the 
very first morsel that goes out the door, it comes to fruition all the way till, you know, the very end is the guests are leaving, but putting that budget together, but hands down hundred percent of people always go above the, of the, above their budget period. I was talking a letter to a, a, a fellow wedding vendor a few weeks ago, and she was talking about how a lot of couples neglect the idea about having contingency in their budget. And it's something that, you know, and I love that you just laughed at that because I also think it's something that it's, it's a very unsexy thing to talk about. But actually, it's my background is in TV production, and, you know, the contingency is huge in the budget, in our line budgets when we're making television because, you know, 90% of the time we end up spending it because something comes up that is, you know, out of our control and we have to pay for it. And I yes. know weddings, it's really common that, you know, there's an extra thing that, the wedding doesn't happen without it or if you want to upgrade. But a lot of people say, this is my budget, but then forget that contingency. What do you recommend your clients have in the the kitty for a contingency or what do you put in your lines when it comes to budgeting? So I do in, in our actual quotes and proposals, I always put a contingency line depending on if this is an indoor and outdoor, that's a big Mm. contingency indoor and outdoor reception. Um, you know, you want to be under the stars, but you know, it says you've only got a 50% chance of rain or 40 who, who knows? So that, that, that's a line item. Um, being in California, we suffered, um, a year and a half ago, excuse me, two years ago, um, severe wildfires. And I had a huge wedding at the Coral Casino, um, Four Seasons in Santa Barbara. Everything was great. Well, because of the fires, we had this huge mudslide. So which in Montecito went poured down straight into the Four Seasons right there in Montecito. So, you know, it was January 9th, I call and say, okay, is the hotel okay? Is the Coral Casino okay? We've got a 250, you know, wedding there. I mean, we're there's no holes barred. This is going to be an over the top. They said, "Oh yes, it's not a problem. We're all we're, we're perfect." And because this is six weeks before, right? Well, eight, eight days later, I got a call from the Coral Casino saying, "I'm sorry, but the molds kicked in, Ooh. and we can't let guests." You know, you're contingent at that point. I, I even. Even having a contingency of 20% didn't even come close to what our contingency needed to be. And luckily, yeah, luckily the client um, understood, knew, and was willing to spend what we needed to spend to create because to to create a venue from the ground up. Wow. Ground up. Yeah. And with those wildflowers, we lost a lot of our local California flowers. Everything had to be imported. Mm. Every, I mean, hotels had to be changed. The 101 was closed. We had to get new caterer. We had to, everything, everything. And so a contingency, there's always a line item in our proposals that we give to our clients and our estimates if, if they, we have an outside venue. Um, when an inside venue contingency, I always guess about 20% of off the top of the budget just in case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's, that's a really good guess. But with with natural disasters and, and you know fatal mudslides you don't have a choice and and you just pray you either your your brides are going to want to postpone or they're going to want us to trudge on and do what we need to do and at that point costs can't be an issue we, we've got to get done what we've got to get done yeah 
And look, things are happening, obviously. You know, we've just recently had hurricanes. We've had fires this last summer. It Stuff happens that are completely out of our control. And I suppose, you know, we just have to be prepared. I mean, wedding insurance is a thing, but I don't know the ins and outs of natural disasters if it's covered in, in those sort of lines if you if you do get wedding insurance. I know a lot of them, our couples in the Bridechiller community are investing in it. And I think if it helps, it helps. It's a good thing to have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a and, lot of money. I mean, from, yeah, for us in the state of California, I mean, for what, what we've been doing, I mean, I mean, we go all over, but we've had so much, you know, with the natural disasters. Mm. I, when my brides come to me, they say, I want outdoors. I want this. I want that. I mean, me being, um, we not only just do the flowers and the coordination, the design, we do the full production. And I carry insurance for my clients as well. Right. So for them to be covered, and that that's what a lot of bride chillas and groom chillas need to understand if you're looking at something to doing this amazing dramatic wonderful night and you want to remember it for the rest of your life make sure you have professionals that are going to cover you as well as your guests and sometimes travel especially these destination weddings it's so hard that your vendor is going to take care of you as well yeah, read the contracts. If they aren't, if they aren't insured, that's a really big factor in a contract that I think we don't talk about very much. And again, contracts. A lot of people are like, oh, it's not very interesting. I want to get back to the party planning. You're like, listen, this is a lot of money you're spending. You should take it seriously, like any business transaction. And if you're using frienders or people that maybe are a bit more casual with their business, just be really aware that they might not have the proper backup when it comes to the financials in their business or covering your ass and theirs when. Exactly. If something goes wrong, and I know everyone has to start somewhere, but also basic insurance, you know, that's part of launching a small business, and and um, it's it's tricky and it's challenging if you're working with family and friends to do that. It might put you in a spot if something goes wrong. And also, I want to yeah. say, Alita, sorry, I was just going to say, with contingency, the good thing is if you put it aside and you don't spend it, you got the money. It's okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> you got a down payment on the house. If yeah, it's a big wedding. There you go. <laughs> It's a win. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Alita, I we are going to go to a quick break. But after the break, I'd love to talk to you about some of these big ideas because it's always exciting talking to designers and, and planners and florists and people, vendors who do sort of big events. But I'd like to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes. But also, if our bride chillers and groom chillers have um, design elements that maybe are a bit different or they're a bit challenged by budgets, how we can get around that and still achieve at least partially what we're hoping to do. Uh, I am talking to the lovely Alita Collins and there'll be more of uh, her and I after this. A very common conundrum that I see in the bride chiller community is when people are looking for personalized gifts for their wedding day. I am big on thinking about sentimentality, being personal, and just trying to avoid random mass-produced stuff and buying it for the sake of it, which is why I was delighted to be approached by swankybadger.com, who are out to obliterate the mass-produced gift and instead help you design and create something that is meaningful and quality, which is very important to me, for your bridal party. I notice they deal with a lot of things beginning with W, from watches to wallets to whiskey to canters. <laughs> laughing at my own silliness, Mark and the Swanky Badger team are really focused on finding the best quality items and then giving you the chance to add your own personal message or an engraving on these items. 
I think their wallets look absolutely gorgeous and they also offer beautiful etching in personalised gift boxes. These are wooden boxes that you can have etched with whatever you like. So if you have a special note or a card or something you want to give them and you want to jazz it up a little bit, I think these boxes are a fantastic opportunity for you to do so. So if you are on the hunt for personalised wedding gifts for your wedding party, make sure you check out swankybadger.com and use the coupon code BRIDECHILLER at checkout for 15% off your order. That is swanky, S-W-A-N-K-Y, badger, B-A-D-G-E-R, Dot com. Use the coupon code BRIDECHILLER and while you're there, check out some of their gorgeous wedding videos where they have filmed people receiving these gifts. It's truly lovely and I have a cold, dark heart and even I got a little mosh watching them. Swankybadger.com and BRIDECHILLER, good gifts. Chillers, I have become a lot more mindful of what I put in and on my body, especially when it comes to cosmetics and bathroom items. I don't want to use products that contain aluminium or aluminium, as some of our listeners might say. And I'm really trying to avoid items like talc and parabens, especially when there are products available that don't contain that stuff. And I'm talking about items created by Native that we can purchase and use that do not contain any of these nasty. At Native, they are focused on creating safe, simple and effective products that we use every day, like deodorant that smells wonderful and actually does the job without containing any of these chemicals. With over 8,000 five-star reviews, Native are really focused on providing you with great quality items and using clean ingredients. And can I just say that I have really put Native to the test. Yesterday, I wore their beautiful coconut and vanilla, my favorite scent, deodorant to work. I wore it on the tube. I have my busy work day and the tube is stinking hot. Can I just say, there is no air conditioning on the London tube. You can't avoid sweating. I wore it at work and then I came home and I did a body pump class. I sweated profusely and I remember sitting on the couch thinking, what's that lovely coconut vanilla smell? And then I realised it was my own armpits. When it comes to ingredients less is more with Native. They have fewer simple ingredients so you know everything that is in their deodorant. They offer a no risk to try which means free returns and exchanges in the USA and if you subscribe you can save 17%. That is $2 per stick and have Native conveniently, very conveniently, delivered to your door every one, two, three or four months depending on how much you use. I mentioned they had the wonderful coconut and vanilla scent. They also offer lavender and rose, cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint. So you have plenty of options when it comes to scents. For 20% off your first purchase, all you need to do is visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER. That is 20% off your very first purchase All you need to do is visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER. Alita, you have worked uh, in film, TV, you've done a lot of big events. You would have had some mighty budgets, I imagine. But then also, coming from a TV background, I know how tight ass we would say in Australia, they can be. Mm -hmm. And what the Mm -hmm. expectations are (laughs) that you're just going to whip something up for nothing and you're like, or they ask... 
or they ask people, they try and get people to do things on contra all the time. And then people are like, I'm trying to run a business. Get fucked. I'm trying to yes. do my stuff, which is always painful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate asking people for free shit when you're working for a major television production company. Makes me crazy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's for That's just my whinge for another time. Um, when we're talking about big ideas, what are some of the sort of flashier big ideas that couples have come to you with, whether they're realistic and you've achieved them or not with their budgets? But what are some of the things that you've been approached to do that you've gone, whoa, okay, this is interesting? Okay. Um, Putting you on the spot we, here with this stuff. No, no, no. This is fun. This is the part <laughs> I enjoy. I had um, a client come to me who wanted the whole uh, room, um, an ice lounge. Which oh, it's yeah. Ice lounges, uh, fantastic, yeah. easy to do. Sure. It it just takes a lot of time to put it together. So mm. when you're looking at something like that, um, you have to make sure that the location is going to give you you know, full production time. Like I'm going to need four days to put this together. My chandeliers are made of ice. My walls are made of ice. I need four days to put this together. We're having the event from, you know, this time to this time. And then strike is going to take four days to take out as well. Right. So, you, you know, they want this, but you know, the venues rented out the following week mm-hmm. <laughs> to somebody else. Yeah. And so it can be done, but you're going to be paying three, four times as much for what you're looking for because the strike has to be done to the middle of the night to maybe, you know, afford a 24 hour straight, um, you know, labor intense getting it out for the hotel or the venue. So when you say um, strike, just for people that don't, don't, might not have heard this terminology, you're saying that the, you know, the, the, the venue only has a limited amount of time and you've got to, well, this is so, I would say, until you go bump in and bump out or theatre, wouldn't you, when you could say you're going to bring yes. all your stuff in and all your staff and you take over, but then you've also got to then, once the party's over, you've got to pack it up and get it all out for the next bunch of amazing people to come and set up their stuff. Yes, yes. So, I mean, you might want something amazing and wonderful and beautiful, and it can always be done. But if if the country club or hotel or venue has an event the next weekend, you know, you and they and they're trying to give that next event that production time the same that they gave you before to set up. Mm. You've got to get it striked, you know, stripped down and out within 24 hours, you're going to pay three times as much for that for the labor because everybody's on overtime at that point. Wow. That's crazy. And so, yeah. So that, add, that adds a lot to the bill and the contingency. <laughs> yes. There we go. That's the contingency. And that, that's the thing. So with big hotels, they have the right to book that room. It might not be booked the week before. And then all of a sudden, I hate to say this, a funeral could come in, you sure. know, um, a birthday could come in. So all of a sudden now you're stuck with paying extra time an extra labor to get everything out within 24 hours. That's a little crazy. Um, Last weekend, a couple weekends ago, um, everything was great. It was wonderful. We were doing a um, old theater and we had to stage the whole theater to cover up the theater seats. So it was, yeah. So we kept the orchestra pit, but then built up a staging and made it all the way across to the to the concession stand, the old concession concession stand, to hold 350 people. Wow. And we get everything in there. Yeah, get everything in there, subfloor. Then we have to put, you know, <laughs> we have to put carpet on top of the subfloor, make sure everything's good, the railings, every, everybody's OSHA approved. 
And then the bride comes in and goes, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. I really like trees. I'm like, blank me. Are you serious? You want trees? We've just put all the subfloor in the white stinking i'm being really good stinking carpet in okay being very good i got this yeah i got this fine and it's not just trees i gotta go find 22 foot olive trees to put on both sides of the stage to flank the stage which i offered to do it for her in the beginning it came down to the end and she wanted them like okay well now they're three times as much money because i gotta keep carpet white to get these things and hoist them in to turn around and then the theater closed on us early on Saturday night and then we had to come back on Sunday to finish our strike which if it hadn't been for the trees we would have been right on budget so that's another huge contingency but that but the the trees were the focal point on the stage throughout the whole I mean it just made it they I just wish you would have went for me saying it beforehand so it didn't cost her twice as much to get them in were these real trees yes wow I mean, that's impressive. Good for you for being able to pull some real trees out with no time. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was Friday. And the wedding was on Saturday. It's not a problem. There's nothing I can't do, but I it, it, it does cost when it gets that close to the wire. Can I ask, just to go back to our mood boards and couples approaching their vendors, how many images or or bits of inspiration should we be turning up to vendors with and I know look photographers are a different kettle of fish as well but you you are working with lots of different vendors within what you do do we want to see pages and pages of Pinterest pinned images or do you want five Mm. images how do you how do you do that 10 images okay good that's it just 10 then it's going to give us color design texture and the vision that they're looking nice. for. Because as a as a professional, I know what's going to be in season. I know what's going to work in that location. I know what's going to work with that weather. So no matter what, 10 is enough. I don't need more because we're going to have to, you know, replace some things that aren't available. Do some things that are better at the budget. But it, overloading yourself with Pinterest pages, it gets them more anxious. And with the more the more they see, the more anxiety they think that they have to have this plus this plus this. Stick with a few items that you know that you fall in love with and take those visions and bring them all the way to fruition don't don't change unless all of a sudden the date has changed and you're not winter anymore you're you're moving to summer or spring those colors might not stay the same but keep 10 don't go anymore that's honestly a, that's it's a really good tip that's such a good tip because I think a lot of people sit on Pinterest and keep pinning and pinning and pinning and in Instagram and keep screen grabbing things, and you can sort of become almost blind to it all. Like I, I you know, I, I've watched people and we have a lovely Facebook group and people sometimes share their Pinterest boards and I go and have a poke around because I'm nosy, but sometimes I'm like, man, they've got about 400 pictures in one board and I couldn't even, you know, I ran out of interest scanning through them, but it must be that you just get in that zone and you just start start and you don't stop you keep more seeing more things yes and 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 if you're pinning is it different than the one you pinned before what's so different than the one you pinned before if you have 10 things and this is the vision that's all a professional needs to get you to where you want to be yeah you know the more you do what, what what's different you like that flower but you don't like this color well it doesn't come in that color i can't i can't help you it, it's just 
it I'm about making it real. And when they have so many, you know, pages and Pinterest, it's, it's, it takes up my time, it takes up their time. And it also t- gives a lot of anxiety mm. for, you know, our brides and grooms, because there's so much out of all of these 500 pictures, I just want your 10 top. That's all I need is yeah. just the 10. This is yeah, because it's, it's excellent homework, though, you've just set people really good homework to say, hey, go to your Pinterest boards and pull 10 images that you say will sell the whole sort of theme or the tone or the vibe that you want to put out there. You could have just saved people a lot of time, but also their vendors a lot of heartache <laughs> having to receive these Pinterest yes. boards. Yes, and it and it costs the the vendors a lot of time and money as well as they as they're going through all of this and going no 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 I don't like that I just like this thing right mm. here in the top corner that type of light string, well that type of light string is a warm LED and you want cold LEDs so I mean it's just there's so many little things if they go to a professional they've got their ten their ten pictures they've got their location set then we can take everything from there and give us a budget. It's not a problem. Any professional vendor will do that for you. Yeah. I think the big takeaway for me is especially, you know, you you obviously work with couples that have, I'd say, you know, what what would you say? Healthy budgets? I was trying to think of a nice. I mean, we do have, I'm going to have a very large staff. So I have, I deal with more of the healthier budgets uh-huh. and I have staff that deals with some of the not so healthy budgets, but it, we still make it just as special and as important. Of course. You know, those are our clients. Yes. So, I mean, we have a very wide range of clientele. Mm very wide range. I, I'm just in the one that deals with more of the heftier budgets and, <laughs> well, and uh, you know, on a, on a one-on-one. But it's nice talking to you and hearing your, obviously you've got a, a great eye for aesthetic and a great, you know, a lot of experience dealing with the sort of the big picture situations. But that's a really good message I think we should really share with the community is I'm a really big advocate of getting help and hiring planners or coordinators. Even if you think you've got it all under control, I think it's just great to have someone else with a logistics mind, but also someone to come in and say, actually, like you just said then, cool lights are better than for your venue. Cool would might work much better with or you need to fill this wall. Here's 50 different options. You could not 50, 10 different options we could use <laughs> for the wall. But things that as quote unquote normal non-planner people, we might not even think about. So I just think you are a big advocate for, you know, a really good message for our listeners to say, hey, why don't you find someone that is design oriented then that can actually, if you've got big ideas, but maybe not as big a budget that can make this happen, you might find this amazing planner that can actually see it with a different viewpoint and make it happen for you. Yes, yes. And a different and a professional florist. That's just, I know a lot of people like to be crafty. Oh, please. But, you know, Yes. It, it, your flowers, people like to use dish plate dahlias and you turn around and you think it's beautiful that morning, but by the time reception comes around, they're, they're dead. Oh, this is a if whole other podcast. I love of, this stuff. Yeah. If they're not taking care of hydrangeas, if they're not processed properly, they're going to be dead. You know, people want orchids and it's like, no, no, really you don't because oh, no. it's too cold. This is not going to happen. So there's so many things. I mean, as long as you stick with a professional, but one of my biggest things, 
This is the flowers are the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. The flowers bring in the dresses, bring in the groom's bouquets, bring in all the colors that you want together. So the flowers are the cherry on top. If they don't look nice as your guests walk into the reception, that that is that that's just like wow, this is wilted. We're not going to mm-hmm. stay long. Look at how you know. Oh, it's just, it's a whole, flowers, we put flowers in offices and doctor's offices because when they walk in the door, they feel so much better. It's just, you know, they give you that endorphin. So when you walk into a wedding and you see dead flowers on the table, they're like, wow, okay, we're going (laughs) to eat and we're going to be off. And it's true. It's a psychological, um, there's quite a few studies on it. And and I tell that to my clients all the time. So you really don't want that that this time of year. Let's try this. And this is why. And we're going to go this direction <laughs> good it's great advice and and i think don't be uh there are ways that you can get around with smaller budgets really utilizing flowers in a way that that can work for your budget without feeling like you don't have any flowers at all but you're right talking to a professional and a florist who can say what's in what's in what's in, out what are you going to pay a lot more money for what's going to last how to look after the flowers these are things that your nan or your auntie who's really good at putting a bouquet together might not have any idea about how to keep things alive for more than two hours and that's a big thing yes 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 and you know what in england i mean you've got the dutchman and that's cuffs come straight straight from the ground yeah straight straight over and that's amazing and I, i've done a lot of stuff over in europe but being in the states a lot of our stuff comes from Florida mm-hmm. and different states. So it's packed, it's dry packed. It comes in from Mexico and Colombia and Ecuador and it sits on the, on, you know, it sits on the tarmac with the airplane for a while before we even get it to California. So there's a lot of different things that people just really need to know. It's not just, let's just do this and it's going to be so pretty. Yeah. Mm, no, no, no. There's a lot of thought and time and effort and education that goes into this business. Yeah. Well, Australia is the same, yeah. Alita, and also I'm always saying to my listeners where they're like, I'm going to get up and go to the flower markets the morning of my wedding. And I'm like, are you crazy? No one wants to crazy. do that. Are you nuts? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you don't. Don't want to do that. And also if anyone's been to the flower markets, I mean, I'm always, I think I, I've done a couple of um, news TV stories from them and they're crazy places. I would highly recommend going to visit it, not on your wedding morning, but to go and see the ins and outs and people yelling. And it's a real scene. The ones here in London are crazy. As you said, they get all the, the flowers, especially in tulip season. You see, it's quite beautiful, but also it's feral oh, and it's gorgeous. insane. And it's 3 a.m. and everyone's yelling. And then they're all knocked off by six o'clock in the morning and it's done. So, yes. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I I have been to the largest flower market in in London and the, the biggest flower market we have here in Los Angeles. They're both the same. We leave um, our little city here at three thirty in the morning. Ugh. Get there by five o'clock. Get everything we need, and we're back to Bakersfield, California, by ten o'clock in the morning. And it is. It's like the stock market with flowers. People yeah. coming and going. It's how much for this? No, that's too much. Come to this one. No, no, come back here. I'll pay this. <laughs> it's it's a whole process. I, 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 you have to be a character to be in this industry and you have to love what you do. You really have to love what you do. 
Well, you very much sound like you do, and it's been so lovely speaking with you, Alita, and I'm really happy that um, you've shared some wonderful insights, and I'm really happy that you've said 10 images. Let's just all repeat that and chill out and step away from Pinterest and Instagram and go and talk to your partner or go outside or do something else because you don't need 4 million images. It's a time suck. (laughs) Thanks so much, Jess. Oh, it was lovely meeting you. Oh, oh, I love it. Now, tell me where, if if people are in the California area or if they just want to come and do a bit of a stalk, where can we get in touch with you, learn more about your business and what you do? Okay, so I our website is Flourishing art.net so a lot of people put flourishing arts but it's just plural flourishing art yeah flourishingart.net uh facebook we are flourishing.art um and we're in bakersfield california but we travel all over california we do a lot of wine country coastal things all over um and our instagram is flourishing period so we, we we travel we have fun and we love what we do we're, we're crazy and and i'm was so thankful that i got to speak with you today oh well, this was so much fun. Right, well thank you for sharing your insights it's been lovely chatting with you and uh, be sure to uh, visit the website bride chillers and also if you have a question thought comment suggestion if you want to send me your 10 images we'd be interested in seeing them uh you can visit <laughs> I'm going to get hit with these now. This is trouble. Thebridechiller.com. Or maybe today, um, to coincide with this episode, here's what we'll do, Alita. We will ask our bride chillers, we'll get you in the bride chiller Facebook community, and we will do maybe a special sort of thing where people can pin within the Facebook group their 10 images and share them with everyone. I think that's a nice idea. And maybe um, people can inspire each other. That might be a good yeah. idea. That's lovely. I think that would be awesome. I think that's a good plan and uh, it might help everyone just shave off all those images and by sharing it, there's a there's a bit of a timestamp on it to go. Everyone today, let's head to uh, the Bride Chiller Facebook community. If you're not in it already, uh, lovely listeners, just look for Bride Chiller community on Facebook and uh, be sure to join. Alita, thank you so much for sharing this time and um, I hope you have uh, a great rest of the day and, of course, happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. There are an, an overwhelming amount of wedding planning books on the market. So why the hell did I go and write my own? Well, it's because none of those books are like the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, which is my book that doesn't tell you how to plan a perfect day or the best day of your life. It just tells you how to plan a fucking great party, get stuff done and go back to your normal life. If you would like to purchase the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, thank you. Good one. That's a top decision. Visit bridechillerstore.com to grab your copy and check out the Bride Chiller Field Guide, the companion wedding planner, which you'll also want to buy because it's great.